0: Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. Fantastic. So as we, as we kick off this morning, as we get started this morning, as you know, we've, we've started a new series, He Gets Us. And um, d- digging in this morning, I think that that if we're all honest with ourselves, if we're all honest about where we find ourselves in these moments, the the reality is that we live in a time of great uncertainty. True? We live in a time of great uncertainty. We live in like this post-COVID era that created all kinds of uncertainty. We live in, a, um, in an era where we're experiencing all kinds of wars, um, and that brings with it uncertainty. Uh, where it brings even more uncertainty is the way that it impacts us financially. <coughs> Excuse me. Think about it. Think about how um, since COVID, things have changed for so many of us. Financially, think about um, the effects of this war in in the Ukraine and and the financial implications that it's had worldwide, and especially here at home. So yes, it affects us financially if you're not fully convinced that things are changing in that regard. Um, Stop for a moment and just consider the fuel price in 2018. 2018, the fuel price was 15 rand 62 cents. 2018, five years ago, 15 rand 62 cents. Uh, if you go and put some 95 unleaded into your vehicle today, uh, the reality is that the fuel price will be just under, like a couple of cents under 23 rand. Um, that hurts. Just me? Oh, okay. So you guys are good. Cool. Let's pray. Um, <laughs> that's a reality. And the truth is, it's, it's a reality on many aspects of our lives. It influences all kinds of spaces in our lives. The truth is, whether you leave your house or not, that influences you and me financially. It does. We're, we're impacted by inflation, we're impacted by the interest rates. Um, we're, 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 we're seeing like this breakdown or this. this this, this loss of, of disposable income. And when we're living in a country where our unemployment rate is sitting close on 50%, there's not a lot of disposable income to start with, if we're just very honest. And this causes all kinds of fear and anxiety to rise up inside of us. Why? Because money is ultimately a big topic in our lives. Whether we like it or not, that's the reality. Uh, it takes money to eat. It takes money to drive somewhere. It takes money to get through life. It influences all kinds of areas in our lives. And the reality is the area of our lives that it impacts the most is our relationships. Our relationships. Studies have shown that, that, that money is actually the number one cause of conflict in relationship. If ever you've struggled financially, How did your marriage go during that time? Fun and games. So as we talk through this today and think through this, uh, I think a great question for you and for me to ask ourselves is, does God get me in this space? Does God get me when it comes to my financial anxiety? Does God get me when it comes to my finances? Full we'll stop. But does He get me when it comes to to those fears and anxieties that surround my finances? Does He get me, or is He just aloof? Is He just out there somewhere, kind of doing His own thing? Or does He get me? And today we're going to be speaking into this question, and I'm predominantly going to be using the the words of Jesus that were recorded by a guy by the name of Matthew. Now, why do I bring Matthew specifically into this equation? Because I believe that the context surrounding Matthew's life will add merit to what, to what he recorded. Because you see, Matthew was a tax collector. He worked for ancient Rome's version of SARS. Don't you already just love this guy? So, 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 so ultimately, Matthew's a tax collector, but, but here's the thing, is that as a tax collector, he was seen as a traitor to his people. Why? Because ultimately, at the time, the Jews were living under Roman oppression. They'd been conquered and occupied by Rome, and as a result, they were living as oppressed people under Rome, and Rome taxed them. But they were clever. They didn't tax them personally. No, what they did was they went and found Jews who were willing to tax their own people. So they would sell them a little tax franchise, kind of the way that you would get a KFC franchise. They would get a little tax franchise, and they would ultimately enforce Rome's tax on their own people, but they would add their profit on top of that. So they would make money off taxing their own people. Now, I'm sure you can see why they weren't the most popular kids in town. In short, Matthew was a money-obsessed tax collector. And then he met Jesus. And here's what he records Jesus saying. And as you today consider your own stresses and strains and anxieties around financial pressures that you may be facing, Maybe right now, as I just read this, will you just right there in your chair, just sit back, be mindful of what you're facing, and maybe just—I don't know—close your eyes and just let these words of Jesus speak into your heart, as if He's speaking directly to you. Because in reality, He is. Here's what He had to say. <coughs> That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles are enough for today. And I hope that as Jesus paints this picture for you and for me, that that does bring some sense of security to our hearts, that it does come and just um, really bring some peace into some areas that we may be struggling with. Now, the reality is that Jesus in there, he says, don't worry. I don't know about you, but when I'm worrying, and someone says to me, don't worry. Generally, it doesn't help. It doesn't make me go, oh, I'm so grateful you said that, and I can take it deeper. It's kind of like when you're freaking out and someone says to you, just calm down. What's your natural response to that? So I think that in this moment, we need to stop and consider to ourselves, okay, Jesus says, calm down, I want to freak out. But I need to stop and consider this. Who is saying, calm down? Not calm down. Don't worry. I'll myself with moment. My Who is saying, don't worry? A couple of weeks ago, we just celebrated Easter. We just celebrated the crucifixion, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. We just celebrated the fact that he died, that he rose again, that he went and hung out with his friends for, for a c- couple of, of, of weeks. Uh, made breakfast on the beach for them. Spent time with them. Spoke into their lives, and then in front of their very eyes, ascended up into heaven. We're talking about a guy who makes the impossible possible. That is who's saying to you and to me, "Don't worry." And I believe that that changes everything. That's not just like a good buddy saying to me, "Hey, bro, you just relax." No. This comes and adds weight to the words. Don't worry. And ultimately, Jesus is saying that the world was created for abundance. What does he say about the birds and the grass? He's like, there's plenty for them. There's plenty for them to get by. And if we consider that like, farmers worldwide produce enough food to feed everybody one and a half times over every day, There's abundance. Yet, we also live in a world where 795 million people go hungry every day. It's kind of like, well, how? How can this be? How can we have these two contrasts? We have this abundance and we have poverty. How come? The reality is that 20 to 40% of, of food globally is wasted. In the third world, it's the inability to store food correctly. In the first world, it's because food just gets scraped off plates. and is wasted. So the reality, guys and ladies, is that we do not have a supply problem. There's enough. We have a distribution problem. And Jesus says to you and to me, that your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. He knows what you need. Ultimately, what what Jesus is saying is he gets us. He gets us, so don't worry. He gets us, don't worry. But what I love about Jesus is, Jesus always kicks it up another gear. He doesn't just leave us with, Don't worry. No, Jesus says, don't just stop worrying, but replace it with something. Don't just stop worrying, replace it with something. When you you take something away, it just leaves a void. You need to get something in there. You need to replace it with something. So don't just stop worrying, replace it with something. And he says, replace it with this. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Maybe your translation says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. See, guys and ladies, this is not a dismissal of worry. This is a replacement of worry. Don't worry. Seek first. Don't worry. Seek first. Now, our text this morning started off with these words. That is why I tell you, your translation at home may say something like, therefore. Now, one of my Bible school lecturers, he always used to say to us, whenever you see scripture say, therefore, always ask, wherefore? So in other words, something was said before the therefore that I should pay attention to. So as he says, this is why I tell you, we need to go and look at what were the statements that he said before that. Because what Jesus says before this, I believe comes and brings understanding and context to what he meant by saying, don't worry, but seek first. Here's what Jesus said. He said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. No one can serve two masters, but you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And then Jesus says, therefore. So Jesus is saying, guys and ladies, I get you. When it comes to your finances, when it comes to your financial anxieties, I get you. I get you. I get your struggles, I get your stress, I get your pain around this area. I get you. And I don't want you to worry about what you will eat. I don't want you to worry about your, what you will drink. I don't want you to worry about what you will eat. No, I want you to seek me first. Ultimately, what he's saying to you and to me is, get your heart in the right place. Get your money in the right place so that you can live a worry-free life. And if you're going, Ramon, that's a bit of a stretch. Go read that again. Go read that again for yourself. Get your heart in the right place. Get your money in the right place. And you will live a worry-free life. How can I say that? Guys and ladies, money is a heart issue. Money is a heart issue. It affects every. Area of our lives. And I know some of you may be sitting here today, you may be visiting, and you may not have been in church for a while, and you're like, this message is the reason why I haven't been in church for a while, because die, die, die brought all our help. Um, you should come to this church. I think we do it once a year, if that. But here's the truth: this is an area of our lives that we need to speak into because it's such a crucial area of our lives, and then we keep quiet on it. That makes no sense. We need to speak into these areas. Why? Because money is a heart issue. It actually has very little to do with my money, and it has everything to do with my heart. Why? Because it affects every area of our lives. Jesus said it himself. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your translation at home may say something like, wherever your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The reality is, guys and ladies, that the best indicator of where your heart is and the best indicator of where my heart is is so easily found in one of two places. My budget, my diary, my calendar. In other words, what am I spending my money on? What am I spending my time on? And between those two, it'll tell me exactly where my heart is. Fact. And if you don't have a budget right now, you may have just heard a B word and gone, what on earth? I don't have one of those. Well, that's a great place to start. That might already eliminate a lot of your anxiety. (laughs) Get yourself a budget. Draw one up. Once you have a budget, stick to it. A budget isn't worth the paper it's written on if we don't stick to that budget. And then as you have that budget, go through it and be critical on yourself. Look through it and ask yourself some questions. You know. It'll tell you exactly where your priorities are. If 50% of your budget is going towards your motorcycle, that should be telling you exactly where your treasure is. I've got some thumbs up here. Dory Lindry will pray for him afterwards. Okay. <laughs> You know, what are you spending your money on? Because that'll tell you exactly what the priorities are in your life. If you want to know where your heart is, follow the money. If you want to know where your heart is, follow the money. You see, the truth be told, your budget tells you where your treasure is. Your budget tells you where your treasure is. And your treasure tells you where your heart is. So, great question, and it's a bit of an ANA question, but it's a great question, is to ask this Does God appear anywhere in my budget? I'll give you a moment. Does God appear anywhere in my budget? Anyway. Is there an item line in my budget that communicates? God in some shape or form. Does God appear anywhere in my budget? Now Jesus always kicks it up a level, so I'd like to kick it up just one level today. If you want if you kind of want to do the, the the advanced training, here's a great question to ask us. Is there any indication that God is in any way a priority? In any area of my budget. That's pretty hardcore. That's pretty hardcore. Is there any indication that God is in any way a priority in any area of my budget? You see, what Jesus is saying to us here in in, in these the, the what he's communicating to to his followers back there and to us. Today is that God knows that if He can get your treasure, He can get your heart. If He can get hold of your treasure, He can get hold of your heart. And that's what He wants. See, God doesn't need our treasure, but He knows that we need Him. God doesn't need our treasure, but He knows that we need Him. That we need to seek Him first. And in order to move us into a space where we seek Him first, So often he needs to get a hold of the things that we hold dear. It was Luke who recorded these words of Jesus. He said, Jesus speaking, he says, you must be compassionate. You must be compassionate. Just as your father is compassionate, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will all come back against you. Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, so many of us get hung up on that last line. The amount you give is the amount you get back. But that's not the principle of what Jesus is saying here at all. Here's the principle that Jesus is actually talking about here. The principle is this. Is that if your heart is full of judgment, then you will receive judgment. pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over. If your heart is full of condemnation, then you will receive condemnation pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. If your heart is full of forgiveness towards others, then you will receive forgiveness pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. If you have a giving heart and you give out of gratitude, you will receive a good measure Pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, and running over. For the measure you use is the measure that will be given back to you. I know this isn't the sort of preaching that makes people jump up and down, and cheer, and get all excited, but I hope you caught what what Jesus just said right there, because this affects so much more than just money. This This settles to the core of our very lives. How are we dealing with people? How are we treating those around us? See, the reward isn't getting, guys and ladies. The reward is giving. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So get your treasure in the right place, and your heart will follow, and you will move from a point of worry, Question that you may be sitting here asking today is, Ramon, how do I get my treasure in the right place? I'm so glad you asked that question. I get my treasure in the right place as I choose to serve God and not my money. I choose to serve God and not my money. See, I can have money, but I don't have to serve money. Big difference. I choose to serve God, not my money. I choose to master my money and not allow my money to master me. Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You'll love the one and hate the other. I love what Wayne Taylor said. He said this, and I hope we catch this today. He said, money masquerades as God. It pretends to provide us with the things that God provides us with, but it lets us down all the time. Can I repeat that? Money masquerades as God. It pretends to provide us with the things that God provides us with, but it lets us down all the time. So we master our money. We tell it what to do. We give every cent a job, To do. And here's the here's the thing. When I don't give every cent a job to do, it'll go find a job. And not just will it find a job, I'll wipe my eyes out, and it'll be have been so busy that I'll have no idea where it all went. That's what happens when I'm not willing to give every cent a job. It's called a budget. The practical way of mastering our money, guys and ladies, is through the spiritual discipline of tithing. It's a practical tool that moves us from worry to trust. Now the word tithe just means ten. That's all it really means. Three things I quickly want to touch on with regards to, to tithing as we wrap up. Ultimately, tithing is a test. Tithing is a test. I'm not going to try and paint it into some picture that it's not. Tithing is a test. It's a test of my heart. It's a test of what or who I trust. That's what the test is. It's a test of my heart as to what or who I place my trust in. What's the source of my provision in my life? The second thing about tithing is that tithing is biblical. So you may be here today, and you may be visiting, and you, 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 if you're honest, you don't regard yourself as a Jesus follower. I love the fact that you're here today. Thank you for being with us. If today you're listening and you're like, Ooh, this is hardcore, you know what? Just look at it that it's for all the Jesus followers in the book. Is that good? But if there's a principle that you can learn from this today, I really believe that there are. And I trust that it'll be useful for your life. But if you are a Jesus follower here today, tithing is biblical, no matter which way we try and skin that gap. Yes, I can take you to Malachi. And we can look in the Old Testament most famous section about that, you know, and yeah, great. Malachi talks about tithing. I can take even further all the way back to, to Abraham and where he gives a tenth to Melchizedek. can go all the way back there. But I kind of feel like if you are Jesus follower and you've been in this conversation for a while and you're not already convinced that tithing is biblical, then those aren't going to change your mind. fact, here's the thing that hit home for me was when I read the words of Jesus himself. Here's what Jesus said about it. He said, speaking to the, to the religious leaders of the day, he said, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income of your herb God, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You may be sitting there going, Ramon, didn't you like, just disprove this whole thing? He wasn't done. This is what he says. He says, you should tithe. You should tithe, yes. But do not neglect the more important things. It's so easy for us to kind of go, well, the second half of that verse overrides the first half. No, we're missing the plot completely. Old Testament tithing is one-dimensional. Jesus comes in, he kicks it up again, and he goes, no, we're talking about giving. So, yes, tithe. But at the same time, when it comes to your finances, don't neglect justice. Don't neglect mercy. Don't neglect faith. So tithing, guys and ladies, no matter which way we look at it, if you're a Jesus follower here today, it is biblical. It is biblical. And then the third thing is that tithing is a blessing. See, tithes are brought to the church, but it is for the healing of this world. Tithing isn't so that we can have fat salaries and, and flashy buildings and, and, and things like that. That's not what tithing is for. Yes, it pays salaries. Yes, it keeps things neat and tidy and, and, and up and running so that we can do this sort of thing together and come and worship together. Yes, there's an aspect of that. But at the same time, we shouldn't get just enough to do that. <laughs> as a community, as we give, It should empower us as a church. Again, not institution, not building, but a people. It should empower us as a church to be able to be effective in the world around us, to bring the healing to the world around us that God desires to see. Make sense? I I, I love what theologian and songwriter Bob Marley once said. Um, (laughs) He said this, man. He said, Some people are so poor that all they have is money. And I think there's something to what Mr. Martin said right there. See, giving is not God's way of raising money, guys and ladies. Giving is God's way of raising his children. Can I repeat that? Giving is not God's way of raising money, giving is God's way of raising his children. God doesn't need a fundraiser. He's got cash. But giving is God's way of raising us as his children. Why? Because it comes and pushes my heart into spaces that are uncomfortable, that I've got to deal with certain issues in my life. We have got to trust him for my very provision. We have got to place all my faith, all my belief in the fact that, you know what? I might get a paycheck at the end of the month, but that paycheck at the end of the month comes from a source, and that source is God himself. And that as I place my trust in him, character is grown in my life. Faith is grown in my life. Empathy for my my fellow human being is grown in my life. It's God's way of raising his children. He wants your heart. He knows it's connected to your treasure. He knows that if he gets the one, he'll get the other. And as every one of us contributes, big or small, we're able to reach more people with the love of Jesus as a people. We do not have a resource problem, guys and ladies. In this community, there's enough resource for us to be very effective. We don't have a resource problem. We have a distribution problem. I'll let you chew on that one for a moment. The church is always about bringing healing to the world around us, that's our heart. And as we work together in this way, we become a part of something so much bigger than ourselves. See, giving gives meaning to our money. Now, normally when we're done with a message like this, there's two forms of feedback. First form of feedback is, Ramon, I and I see God come through for me in some pretty big ways in my finances. That's awesome. The other form of feedback is, I can't afford to tithe. Stop. And today, as you sit here, and you just consider what your next steps are moving forward, as you consider the financial anxiety that you may have been facing, the worry that you may be facing, and understanding that, man, there's this opportunity for this replacement, where I can replace my worry with trust. I can replace my worry as I, as I give over my worry, as I seek him first in this area of my life. I wonder where you fall in this feedback. You kind of fall in the group that, that says, man, I get my heart and my money in the right place. And I see God come and provide for me and mine in some exceptional ways to the degree where we can give more than we would ever thought we'd be able to give to the neighbor who's just lost her husband, to the the person at work whose car was stolen and they didn't have insurance, whatever the case may be. Or... Maybe you're in the category that says, man, I can't afford to give up the little that I have. The good news for you today is that Jesus looks at you and he looks at me and he says, I get you. Don't worry. I get you. Don't worry. But what I love about Jesus is even though he loves me just the way I am, he loves me so much that he's not willing to leave me just the way I am. He comes and loves me just the way I am. He comes and loves me in a way that I desire to change, to be the man, to be, in your case, possibly the woman who he created us to be. So he says, I get you, don't worry. But, don't worry. Seek me. Don't worry, just seek me first. Don't worry, just come and trust me in this area. I wonder today, will you trust him? Will you trust him and not your things? Will you serve him and not your money? Money masquerades as God but it's going to let us down. The most practical way for you and for me to do this is through a spiritual discipline of tithing. So today, to just get very practical, if you go home today, if 10% is a stretch for you right now, as you look at your budget, if 10% is a stretch for you right now, then figure out a percentage that you can give. Not an amount, a percentage. What percentage can I give? And then over time, trust God that he will help you to increase that percentage to the point where you know you're honoring him in everything that you have. Then, if I can break it down into three points for you, very simple, Pick a percentage. Secondly, make it a priority. What do I mean by make it a priority? Make that the first payment you make every every month. Why? Because he said seek first, not seek 24th. <laughs> no, seek first. Make it the first payment I make every month. And then thirdly, give it regularly. So pick a percentage, make a priority. And give it regularly. What do I mean by give it regularly? Every month, pay it over. First thing you pay. Weekly, contribute. Maybe a couple of rand here and there. We call this percentage priority giving. I choose a percentage. I make it a priority. And I give it regularly. And as you do this, guys and ladies, watch how your heart moves. From worry to trust. As you replace your worry with seeking him first, he comes and replaces our worry with his trust, with his sense of peace, with his sense of security in our lives. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this morning, Lord. Lord, I know this is a tough one. I know that this is always always one of those messages that that, that we, we, we tend to want to run from. It's uncomfortable. Generally, we can talk about anything except people's children and their money. But Father God, I thank you that these things are important to you. These things are, are, are things that matter to your heart because you know that our hearts are attached. So Lord, this morning, I pray that our hearts would have just been opened. We have been open to what you want to come and communicate to us. Lord, and maybe someone sitting here this morning, just really broken in other areas, we may be feeling like, man, I needed to hear a different message this morning because of what's going on in my life. Lord, I thank you that you get them right there where they are, that you come and bring your healing into their lives, that you come and speak your truth into their lives. Father God, that aspects of this message would ring true this morning into their lives and bring about you. And then for those of us who've been struggling, who've, who've, who've had financial um, uh, uh, stresses and strains, Lord, Lord, I thank you that this morning we would just pay attention to what you've had to say. That we'll pay attention to the words of Jesus, not the words of Ramon. The words of Jesus. That we will follow your heart. That we will pursue your heart first for our lives in every area of our lives. And that as we do and we follow our life with your life, that it will be pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. And that our lives will be running over with you. These lives are yours. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for being here today. Um, again, we we ran a little long, so uh, this morning we're not going to end off with a song. We're just going to send you out with uh, God's blessing. Please don't run off. Please don't just escape. Um, but hang out, spend some time together. There's some good coffee. There's some uh, great fellowship, and beyond that, we trust that you have an incredibly good Sunday and a wonderful week moving ahead. Thank you. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.